When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi owned engineering, architectural and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A, the number 4-O-R-M.com, and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. Also sponsored by... Hey, you all, this is Carl from Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. If you are listening to us from the Anchor website or the Anchor app, let me tell you about it. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, there's even an option where you can add Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you create. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is the guy that has never committed a crime in his life, Carl. You know, I I did actually get a a speeding ticket once before, but uh, I easily got out of it because I showed a little leg and stuff like that, so... A tidbit for the listeners, uh, I've driven from here in K-Town to Phoenix with Carl before, <laughs> and he was driving. My, my the, in- the, How fast he was driving <laughs> is a real indication <laughs> that he was raised by So in Kwa. My insurance so has- the, the only way that I can see you getting a speeding ticket is if you were driving in a five mile per hour zone <laughs> and you were driving five and a half miles. <laughs> My insurance has been really good to me, so I I have I have premium insurance. Thank you, So and Qua, for teaching me how to drive. <laughs> Thank you, So and Qua, <laughs> for teaching him how to drive. It takes five hours for him to get from Cape Town <laughs> down to Phoenix. When I think the rest of it, us, it, it does take five hours. hours. <laughs> it, the real time takes five hours when you follow the speed limit. I, I think that those are more guidelines, Carl, than they actually are. You know, you can drive five miles over the speed limit. <laughs> Only when there's nobody around. So, 
<laughs> so we're back with another episode. Exactly. We're back today on this lovely Wednesday day here. Back on this lovely Wednesday day or whatever day you may be listening to the podcast. It's a scorcher out there. Oh my God. No matter hot. what day you're listening to the podcast. I think that carryover from last week that we're still continuing with the record temps of how hot it is. It's a surprise that Carl and I aren't down to our underwear recording the podcast how hot it is <laughs> in the studio but it's been very hot but we're back with a new topic yeah right? exactly and you know the the topic that we did have was because uh we did do this topic before but it was mainly because um we wanted to see a perspective view of of how the younger generation views uh now hopi life or how now um with bahana involved and stuff Mm -hmm. We did, uh, this is kind of, I guess, like a part two, a yeah, part two, a part two, two. an episode that we did in season two, I believe it was called Next Generation Hopis. We had our beautiful, my beautiful wife, <laughs> Kelsey Anse on the podcast. Big shout out to her. She let the whole world know that she prefers the company of J-Man over Carl. And we, you all heard that with your own two ears. And so, you know, definitely big shout out to her. But I think that when we talked with her on that podcast, it was kind of because she is in, in that age range to where she is in college and talking about that type of generation. But our guest today, we do have a special guest today. Oh, yeah. It's talking about an even younger perspective of Hopi, a younger perspective of reservation native. And I think that it's it's pretty um, a trip, a tribute. Trying to think of the word, trying to get too fancy here, but trying to, it, I think that it carries a lot and adds a lot to the podcast because you and I do talk a lot about from our own perspectives when we were younger, uh, talking about Ninja Turtles and things <laughs> like that. But we actually have an individual here today that can attest to that generation or at least to that age range's perspective. You know, um, when I was growing up and everything like that, I, I never hung out with, uh, with my own age group. You know, I just kind of played by myself. I was a loner kid back then, so. You hung out with Soul and Club. I, I hung out with, so those were my best friends, so. You were watching uh, Dick Van Dyke. I was watching the Golden Girls before they were even Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking cod liver oil with gua. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, we're making doilies with soul and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but the, the topic of today is the next, next generation, the next, next generation, Hopi, next, next generation. And I definitely think that that's kind of uh, something to really focus on because we have talked a lot in previous episodes about the introduction of new types of, I guess, elements within our societies that weren't present when we were younger, like we've talked about things like the introduction of technology. We've talked about the introduction of social media and how that plays a part in our societies today. I mean, I reflect back to just a couple of weeks ago that it, it was a graduating season just a couple of oh, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. And so you had a lot of uh, students graduating from the high school levels, from the junior high school levels. They even do like uh, promotions for uh, kindergarten, which I think that is pretty odd because then, you know, my I have, a, <laughs> I have a buddy of mine, you know, he gets really annoyed when schools or parents talk, uh, celebrate kids graduating from kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> or a head start and he's like, he's, like he's, he, he's always like oh congratulations you learned how to drink juice and you took naps all day <laughs> let's let's throw a big party for it, that it's crazy because all of those kids will get like laptops back in uh like laptops and like maybe a sports car for graduating uh <laughs> kindergarten, kindergarten. 
<laughs> Sports cars. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like that now. And but I, I was I was present for some of those events for some of those celebrations. I was present for the Hopi High School for the junior high school and the high school their graduation. I was even asked to give a speech out at Lincolnpi. Oh, really? Day school. And one of the talking points that I talked about is that you know kids these day this day and age that they're not really concerned with things like graduating or being promoted. That they're really they're more concerned with things like uh, Minecraft or uh, interested in things like a. Among Us or YouTube, you know? Fortnite. I, I got I got six year old nephews who are YouTubers themselves, and it's like, <laughs> what could you possibly be YouTubing about? You're what, six years old. What's that kid's name? Uh, remember he he does um, like these. Uh, what what is it? Those those things with the toys reviews the toys. I, I think that there's, what was, there's a couple of yeah. Them. There's and a he makes like what? Uh, He's a millionaire. Twelve million dollars <laughs> a year, and I'm like. I'm like, how do you get a job like that? Both you and I got our bachelor's degree. <laughs> I spent twelve million dollars on that. I have that. a master's degree, <laughs> and we're making minimum. Barely make a percentage of what <laughs> you're probably talking about, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan's oh yeah, world. Ryan's world. That's what it was and called. There, there's a couple of others because then you know my son, he he's on YouTube. Yeah. All day, yeah. especially now because they're done with school, and so he'll be talking about certain people. And I'm like, who the heck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like he's talking about the the YouTube shows that that he watches, and so you know, with all of this introduction with what the younger generation is into, like the YouTube, the Among Us, that type of thing, it's like it introduces a whole nother perspective on life. Yeah, because I think that as a parent and having young children at home, I have a nine year old and a six year old at home. That um, when I think about when I was their age. Like I had a res accent. Yeah. Like, like I I talked like a res kid, and then my vocabulary was nowhere near what it is now. And so you know we were saying like the is it and you know kind of some of those so, were us going around just saying ah. <laughs> it's like you only knew five words back then. <laughs> But because my kids are on YouTube so much yeah. and the people that create these YouTube videos, you know, they live in the urban areas. Usually they're Bahamas or they're, you know, some sort of, I guess, uh, in this demographic that has a better life. They have access to better education. They yeah. probably live in really nice homes, especially if their parents are able to buy them all these toys that they can experiment on and try out that their vocabulary is a lot more developed. The, the YouTubers that produce these YouTube videos. And so my kids watch these YouTube videos. And then therefore it makes their uh, vocabulary more developed. And and so my son and my daughter, they'll be walk, running around our houses kind of talking like Bahana kids. The most advanced one we were when we were growing talking up. Talking like their dad, I guess. <laughs> the most advanced technology we had was that speak and say. You remember the, the, the speak and say thing? You type in a word, it's like, hello, hello. <laughs> You get the biggest <laughs> kick out of that when you're a kid. And you're like, oh my God, it says hello to me. And of course, you're you're a Hopi, so you're typing things in there like Behus. <laughs> How do you spell Behu, mom? <laughs> I'm a speak and say. <laughs> and, uh, the little computer says, oh, Behu, Behu. <laughs> and you're getting kicked out of it at five years old. And you're like, ah! Your quest back there <laughs> laughing his ass off to you. <laughs> Who taught him that word? <laughs> you did, Qua. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, like, you know, the I guess the younger generation has it easier 
has it a lot easier and it has they they haven't they may they haven't made for them i mean like everything that you do or we we do as as parents and as uh, uncles and aunties they everything is all laid out for them and when you look at it is that they haven't had the hard life they haven't had that that life where it's like you know oh you know there's no technology around like when we were growing up that was the most technological thing that was out there and you know, we were we were excited because of that. You know, Teddy Ruxpin. Remember the Teddy Ruxpin? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an, that was another thing too. That you know, that was something like that. Now, kids a day now they have iPads and they have their phones and they can go watch uh, you know YouTube anytime that they want. Well, I guess really, you know, that I think that's kind of up to debate, and I, I really think that it depends. And you know, I, I think that. In terms of how our children are growing up today, that definitely there is more an influx of technology that internet plays a much huger role in how they grow up. Because I think on this podcast, I've documented uh, several times about my children and their dependency on the internet and needing to know who, uh, Wi-Fi codes and, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really think that kids, maybe it's not an easier life that they have, but definitely it's a different life that they have because then, you know, I think that they are accustomed to having phones or some sort of device, whether it's a tablet and then having access to certain things. Because then you think about when we were growing up that uh, and it was funny because then, you know, the Internet over the summertime, it's been really bad. Yeah, the Internet's been really yeah. poor. And so at home, my kids are accustomed to watching YouTube or they're accustomed to watching Disney Plus. But then sometimes, you know, because of the poor Internet service that some of those uh, those videos that they want to watch, they won't load. And so, you know, I was telling my son that, you know, you can't watch Disney Plus because the Internet won't work. Or it's not you know, strong enough to carry the Disney Plus service. And so you're going to have to watch regular TV. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it was funny because then I was telling him, you know, if you want to watch cartoons, this is what's showing right now. Yeah. And there was like three options. And I was telling him, these are the three options that you have if you want to watch it. And I couldn't help but to laugh inside because a part of me wanted to tell him, son, this is what life was like when your dad was your age that, you know, I really could only watch whatever the TV let me watch that, you know, I couldn't pick yeah. what it is that I wanted to watch. And so, you know, I, I think that that's a big difference. But I think that, you know, in, in a way, though, that life is can be harder as a result of technology for children because we're going to do a huge episode on this later on but then you know i think that because internet connects all of us that we can communicate with each other any time of the day through numerous means that you know you do have something called cyberbullying oh yeah and and so you know that's something that's really huge that's going on right now especially as a parent you learn more about it especially with the schools as a result of covid that a lot of them transition to online and then so, you know, you had elementary all the way through uh, high school being online. And then so that even introduces another level of abuse that that kids would do to each other. And, you know, for some reason that that is something that is very present. And so it's it's learning how to deal with those types of issues. And I think that I've made this statement before on this podcast that, you know, it makes me laugh that. Uh, well, I guess it does it make me laugh. But the fact that kids can create fake accounts like on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You were fake saying accounts that. on social media and they use it to harass other people. 
And then it was an example from the show Cobra Kai where <laughs> Johnny Lawrence was like, you know, back in my day, if you wanted to bully a kid, you did it to their face with respect, you know. And so it really that that kind of shows you how this this next next generation of Hopi is living and then how it differs from how we've grown up, how it differs from our parents' generation and then from our grandparents' generation. But I think that it's really something to think about the fact that technology and social media has changed our per, the perspectives of the younger generation to really see what our Hopi communities are going to be like 50 years from now when this young, young generation is in charge. Yeah, I mean, like, hopefully we can see a McDonald's here in the near future because I'm getting tired of uh, the, what is it, the K-Town uh, deli there, so. <laughs> you and your McDonald's. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Dream, dream big, Carl. I, that let's, is let's big. That's in and the, out out here. <laughs> in, in, Let, let's do a water burger. Uh, no, let's do a Dairy Queen out here. <laughs> Dairy Queen. Yeah. You know, like, you know, in the, in the near future, I guess the, in the near future that when we're both in our 80s and stuff like that, 80s, 90s, I'll probably still be 70. Uh, you'll probably be 90. Um, you know, in that near future. You're older than me, Carl. <laughs> but in that near future. More than likely, you'll probably be gone before I am. Now, I'm going to be living till a thousand. So. And then this will be the J-Man podcast. <laughs> When I'm 80 years old. Still doing it. <laughs> Welcome to the... <laughs> saying the, the same, same thing, thing for the fifth time. <laughs> saying the same thing for the fifth time. Oh, I forgot what I was listening to. Oh, I already said that. What time is it? <laughs> oh, I'm recording. <laughs> but anyway, like, you know, hopefully in the future, we can see some sort of progress with the next next generation and hopefully that we will see something in that in that order there so but i believe that it is it's time it's time for us to to take one break here before we bring on our special guest here all right hi i'm kiona hopi relief volunteer and board member Hopi Relief is a grassroots, Hopi-led, nonprofit organization founded to provide relief services, food boxes, and essential supplies to Hopi tribal members throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Our focus is to uplift the Hopi community by empowering our people to create homegrown solutions to challenges we face. We are supported by the generosity of like-minded individuals and organizations who simply want to help. You can get involved by following us on social media, sharing our story, or donating on our website, www.hopirelief.org. We are at Hopi Relief on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're back. And we'd like to give a big welcome to the podcast. I'd like to introduce all the listeners out there to our special guest, our special guest, Seima. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you know what? You say that often when, when we bring people on. You always like to say congratulations. And yeah. That's like, <laughs> it's like my second All right, thing. Carl, so full of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the studio, Suimo. Thank you for joining us here. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's bread, um, very, very, um, very bit welcoming there, Carol. Huh? 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, you're one of our youngest listeners here on the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. And we, we thank you're, you You're for probably that. that little sliver on our bar graph yeah. from our zero to 17-year-old. <laughs> that 1% de- there. Demographic. But this isn't your first podcast, right, Saima? You've been on yeah. a podcast before. I think that we heard you on uh, a podcast, I believe, that's produced by uh, Native Nations Institute out of the yeah. University of Arizona. So big shout out to them. Big shout out to Mandy Cheremiah, who I believe that you're on the podcast with. But Saima, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Just let us yeah, know what your name is, uh, maybe your clan, what village you're from. Um, so my name is Saima Korimaho. Um, I come from the village of Sitomove. My clan is Pere and Katina. Um, and that's pretty much me right there. Um, well, I got a few more things, but right there, that, that I'll keep it at that right there. <laughs> All right. We, we, about how old are you, Sema? I'm um, I'm twelve. Twelve, okay. And so, um, and so, you know, with you being here, we really wanted to get your perspective on, I guess, just life. You know, kind of a twelve-year-old Hopi boy living out on the reservation, and you know, we'll get kind of some of the more embarrassing questions out of yeah. the way right now. And uh, so, Sema, you know, bur- burning ears want to know: Do you have a girlfriend? No. Do you have a do you have a wife? No, because <laughs> because you, you've heard our episodes before, and I, I think that we said that you're not a real Hopi man until you've had a mo- mo- multiple Multi- until you have a wife and a girlfriend <laughs> and a girlfriend on the side. So that's that's a real Hopi man there. I'm like Carl sitting in the basement <laughs> in the Xbox. All right, well, thank you, thank you enough for that. That's Sigma there. Thank you. <laughs> Well, well, I guess, you know, just to kind of clarify a little bit more with the listeners that say, that you're also an artist, correct? Yeah. You're you're an artist and you actually did a really nice um, digital art piece for us that, you know, we did share it through our Facebook and on our Instagram. It was a portrait of Carl and I uh, depicted as uh, Tzikus Hopi clowns. And I think that you did a really good job of uh, portraying Carl in that light (laughs) and, and, and how he would probably look. And so I know that, you know, a lot of the men in the different villages are probably looking at getting some ideas. So I would stay away from the summer ceremonies if I was you, Carl. Yeah, that's probably true. So, (laughs) so tell us like, you know, growing up on the reservation, you grew up on the reservation here, right? Yeah. And so you've seen a lot of, a lot of things that are on the reservation, like, uh, like, you know, crime and uh, the drama and the, you know, everything else that comes with Hopi, uh, you know, that you don't see every day in the big city. Yeah. And, and so tell us, tell us a little, maybe you have a story that you want to tell us that, that, that's something related to around that. All right. So when this was my friend, all right. So we are driving my go-kart around, around the, around the little bend there at our house. And we had next door neighbors that aren't, aren't so good. I'll put it like that. And, um, and so we were driving up there and we had a weird funky smell. It, it, it was just really smelling. So we were driving by the, um, their, their house there, right there. And, um, we, he was hanging on the back and by, by like a little pole and, and, um, and uh, he was hanging back there, and we kept smelling something. We came back, and they were like they were cooking meth in there, and oh, we're wow. oh wow. We, wow, we all got we all got all some way we like them, and we oh, had no. to go to the hospital, and we were all doing weird stuff in the hospital. Uh, 
my mom was telling me I was watching Mickey Mouse on my phone and he was over there singing Kachina songs and stomping his foot and it was something else with that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> Only on the reservation where you have like that's a quite a story. That, that's quite a so story, same. I, I think that that just earned you, you know, you're definitely more uh, experienced than yeah, Carl is. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're probably going to have to uh, trade you out with Carl so that we can tell a little <laughs> bit more interesting stories. Carl just likes to talk about how he watched uh, cartoons all day. Mm. In Sosas, but you actually go outside <laughs> and you actually do things. And so one of the questions that we definitely wanted to ask you, because we know that this is something that you're really into. And we actually were going to make this a ranching episode. Yeah. But then when Carl and I realized that neither one, neither one of us are ranchers ourselves, it's like, <laughs> well, what the hell are we going to talk about for the first 15 minutes in the episode? And we don't have an actual uh, uh, special guest on here that does ranching. So Seema, you are a rancher, correct? Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Tell us about uh, what it is that you do that involves ranching, all the hard work, um, a, a lot of what you see and experience out in the ranch. Well, at the ranch, uh, there's a bunch of you ride your horse. All right, Carl, I know you, I know we got to explain this to you. <laughs> you ride Thank your you. horse and, and then you got to uh, then you rope the calves. Um and then uh, sometimes you'll come, like some people will get drunk out there or something and something crazy will happen. Or when some people are roping the calves, they'll trip over cow poop and they'll go sliding oh, wow. in the corral. And um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that. But um, one, of, um, one of the main things that I um, like to do with uh, roping is roping off the horse and then you uh, catch the calf. Um, that's, that's a pretty fun thing to do right there. Um, and, um, yeah, rope, uh, um, being a cowboy, um, well, you pretty much just get dirt all over your pants and, and you gotta work hard. And if you're not doing something right and, and you know, you're doing something right, but then at the same time, your taha's over there yelling at you and you don't know what, what's going on. And then you're getting in trouble. And then sometimes you'll be crying in the truck. And and that's what happened to me a few times. So 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 you've experienced some tough love out there at yep. the ranch, huh? Yeah. Just to let you know, I've ridden a horse at the Phoenix Zoo before. Okay, and <laughs> at the Phoenix Fair, the, at the Phoenix you, Fair as well too. I thought you were gonna say the carousel, the carousel at the carnival, <laughs> the plastic horse. I rode I rode a camel and an elephant. So I think I'm more experienced than you. Than we think. <laughs> I've actually rid, rode a camel too myself. I think same place at the Phoenix Zoo. But, but a uh, picture to prove it. <laughs> but Seema, can you remember exactly, or at least what what age you were when you f were first being taken down to the ranch to do ranch work? I believe I was two years old. Oh, wow. Dang. Wow. And so, um, and so, I guess you know because this is something that you experienced. Is this something that you see yourself doing? at least for the rest of your life or at yeah. least a good part of your life? Yeah, I see myself doing it in the future. I want to have my own cattle at, um, when I get older, when I can get, can I, when I can get the um, permit for it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I see that in my future. I, I would like to do that because I love that type of work and like, I don't know what, um, that's another thing my Taha taught me. So I like to do that too. So, and then I like to do that also too for the fun moments and stuff like that. 
So like with the ranching that you do, is, is that is that good money for your family? Is, yeah. is, is that something? Yeah, I can bring a lot of um, money into, into the family and um, it can also uh, it can also teach you like um, to be outside more. Carl, that's what you need to do too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love having you here, Sima. I feel like that I can just kind of sit back and put and, my feet up and, on uh, the table. And so he can, and yeah. then you do all the roasting of Carl, <laughs> and it's, it's just it's just as good, if not better, than than some of the just jokes to, that I just got. to let you know, I'm outside as well too. When I have to turn on the hose and spray myself <laughs> on the hot day, okay. He probably only goes out to do a turn on the car so he can drive somewhere. <laughs> how do you, how did you know? <laughs> but you know that that is something that I think that we that that, that was going to be the main part of this episode was the ranching because I know that at some part um in one of our previous episodes that we did mention, you know, aside from farming that there are still ranching families out here on Hopi. Oh yeah. And you know, I think that when you're driving through the reservation that on either side of the highway that you do see those cows or horses. And I know that definitely where I'm from on the Munkapi side that there are still ranching families on that side. And so you hear some of the stories. You kind of hear a little bit about what that type of lifestyle is like and kind of what goes into it and it definitely it sounds like addition work especially if you're a family that's already farming and, and then so you know it's kind of carrying twice twice that load and so i guess you know salima is that something that you also do too yeah uh farming and planting yeah um i i do a lot of that too every summer and then we go out there and hold a field i need a ticket so um carl <laughs> i know me too yeah <laughs> I think you just go and go get the um um have, at Home Depot and I go have, get the corn stalks. I have the garden out <laughs> in my my back porch that I built. So is it still there? He he grows weeds in there. I grow he I grow weeds in there. I grow meth in there. So. <laughs> Carl and I, we have talked a lot about what the Hopi perspective on planting is and farming, why we do it. And so it's int- it would be interesting to know if somebody like you, do you still receive those lessons like from your uncles, from your fathers, from your kwa'as, the importance of planting? Yeah, I still do. Up to this day, I've learned a lot from them. Um, I've um. I've learned a lot from my taha, especially in my kwa. Um, they taught me how to like um, plan, and they brought me out there at like four, when uh, or maybe younger. I'm not sure, but they brought me out there at a young age, and I learned how to start planting. Um, we were just getting upset the other day, me and my kwa, because my taha just got a machine and it just puts it in the ground and it put makes a hole. And me and my kwa were all mad because we didn't get a because we didn't get enough time to to do it because it took out all the fun of it. So we were upset and and then my kwa just started teasing him and calling him a pahana for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I have um. I have one too, you know, the, the planter thing, you just stick it into the ground and you, it, it, you push like a little button and it plants the seeds for you. Yeah. Is it like gas powered or no, it's just a spring loaded thing. You just 
push it in and it opens up and then you release the seeds and oh really no yeah kidding. it's easier it's, it's well, a lot well, easier well we've documented how much Hopis hate advancement and hate technology out here <laughs> so I guess you know that's understandable that you and your qua would be upset by that but Seima what would you say that your favorite thing to do in the field is um run around in the field and play tag play play tag huh yeah Carl likes to sit underneath corn stalks and, uh, <laughs> and drink, drink, water. drink the water supply. <laughs> you know, when, when I was a lot younger, I think I was a little bit older than you. Um, Gua had bought me a BB gun and um, I had, you know, Gua had a 22, uh, you know, 22 shotgun or whatever the, the you know, 22. Yeah. Gun. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carl. And, uh, you know, with the BB gun, I would go and, uh, you know, hunt for little birds and stuff like that. And then with the with the gun, with the actual twenty two, I would go out and hunt for rabbits. Is that something what you, you would do, too? Yeah. You, tell us about your gun collection, Seema. Uh, so I got a gun and, um, well, I got a BB gun. I got two of them, but the other one almost fell apart. So I had to tie the um, stock together with the hay string and then the, the nozzle part fell apart. Part, so I <laughs> so I dug into my class um tools tools and stuff and I found screws and I started screwing that into the the nozzle part so I could fix it. Well, you're on your way to becoming a full fledged Hopi man, Sam. We do a lot of screwing around, and, and I don't think that 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 ends. And so, well, what what kind of a gun collection do you have, Carl? Uh, I have my uh, Nerf soft gun there, and uh, my <laughs> hey, super soaker, my super soaker, and my Halo, my Halo edition uh, rifle. <laughs> I, I, me personally, I, I do got a twenty two and use that for the birds, it's birds and the rabbits, but I also got a shotgun, twelve gauge shotgun. Yeah. And so you know, we use that if you're not hunting for turkey, you're using it down at the field to blast at crows. Yep. And you know, I think we documented of how how menacing that the those black birds can be. And you know, for the deer hunting, got a two seventy. And my father, you know, he's got a thirty thirty. And so. We're, we're prepared. We're ready for the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. I have a story about that. Um, we had a dog. We had a dog and her name was Lucky. And so we said that, okay, we're going to take her down to the field to watch our- This isn't a story you can read off of the back of the cereal <laughs> box, is it? No, no, it's not. So we take her down to the field and we leave her down there because she's going to protect our corn from the crows. You know, she'll chase the, the crows around and- uh, and she'll she'll go and um, protect the the corn and stuff like that. And we go down there almost every day to go feed her. And and for about two days, we we haven't gone down there to refill her bowl up and mm-hmm. to give mm-hmm. her their water. And so we said, let's go down there because she's probably thirsty and hungry, and you know all of her big food is probably all depleted. And so we go down there to the field and we're looking for her and we're calling her name. It's like Lucky, where are you at? And so so we find her in the back part of of that um, the cornfield, and um, you know she's supposed to be protecting our field from the crows and stuff like that, and the crows and the do- our dog lucky were eating the corn <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what's the matter with you you're supposed to be protecting the corn okay, bros with the they, crows. yeah they're all like you know have that corn that one tastes a lot better there you know the crows all like buddy buddy here, here sample the- this one lucky <laughs> they're all having a party out there and i'm like i thought you were Protecting our field, you're eating corn with the crows. 
You know, I just told the Reds famous why very recently that every time I walk around the field with my gun looking yeah. for the rabbits or any any of the critters, I always tell her, I always feel like Elmer Fudd every time I'm walking <laughs> around the field with with the gun. But, I, you know, talking about other types of things and same way we did mention that you are also an artist. Um, what, what got you into be, being an artist at your age? Because I think that for sure... Anybody growing up out here on the reservation knows that artists start at a very young age. Oh, yeah. And, and Salima, you're definitely no exception to that. So what, what got you into uh, becoming an artist? Well, uh, we used to go to Santa Fe art shows when I was little. And I always used to see the big art pieces. And I always wanted to go and um, make one of those. So one time I asked my Kua if I could make one. He helped me a little bit. And he, he said to do this and that and so then that's when I started getting into um um doing art and then um then uh when as I started getting older my um art skills started um, progressing and I started getting better um then I started making bigger art pieces and I started moving on into um um stickers and then um now I'm just working on a big canvas for Santa Fe so that that's in progress right now so oh, wow yeah so sounds pretty uh, accomplishable for some yeah yeah exactly and you so know. I, and I think that you do also have a, a art business right yeah do you, do you want to plug that and let the listeners know where they can find your art um, they can find my art at, uh, on Facebook at um, Seima and Sinoka's, um Creations. My sister just stole my 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 business there. She she had to <laughs> she had to do something, and so I, that's why I'm upset now because she stole that from me, and so now I gotta gotta work with that now. So. Well, well, sisters are like that because my sisters keep bugging me to get on the podcast, but, you know, I refuse. <laughs> and I told them already that you guys are banned from being on my podcast because God knows what what kind of lies they would tell the listeners about me. <laughs> I know. My... You mean truths about you? <laughs> They're not truths, Carl. You don't not understand. <laughs> they get you in trouble. <laughs> exactly. They instigate things. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Preach it, boy. They're, they're, Preach they're it. Instigators. So I think that that deserves an applause. <laughs> so, like you know, with all of the the artwork and the farm work and the um, all, like the ranch work that you do, is that all of this, all of the the things that you do as as like a Hopi boy, and you're getting into that age where you're deciding like what to do in the future. Yeah. Is there something other than all of that that you want to pursue rather than just, you know, ranch work or art artwork or anything like that? Um, so I'm saving my money up to go to college. I want to become a veterinarian um, when I get older because, like, I see a lot of animals out here and I love um, I love I've been around um, animals my pretty much my whole life. So. That's why I wanted to become a veterinarian, and I also like doing like the hard work stuff, like a veterinarian. So, that's what I like to do. That's what I want to become. That that's very um, high up in the sky dreams, and we definitely hope. Uh, wish you the best of luck in accomplishing that. Yeah, we definitely know that you're. Um, very capable. You're still very young in your years, and there's a lot of uh, resources out there for folks like yourself that want to do that sort of thing. Um, Carl, do you remember what it was that you wanted to do with your life when you were 12 years old? I wanted to be a ninja, of course. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is for real. This is. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, okay, all right. Let me tell you this story here. All right, this, you already this, told. I us told about that. I know. I just Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was true because I grew up in what what so in Kwa, and I only had you know my brothers and my sister, and we. Uh, you know, they, they all were off to do their own things, but I, I really like Ninja Turtles and I really like their way of like life and, you know, Master Splinter and, and stuff like that. And, you know, at, at age 12, I thought I could have, I could be a ninja, you know, watching like the ninja movies. And I'm like, I think I can do this in later years. You know, I started, you know, uh, I wanted so to um, buy me those, uh, you know, those toe shoes. Remember the little toes, <laughs> you know, the little toe shoes. The one Foot clan, you know, foot clan wears and stuff like that, and I'm like, I have to have those. So I need those. <laughs> I need, the toe I need shoes. those toe shoes. Oh, Japanese people, they wear the toe shoes. <laughs> they they have no sound to them, you know. And I, seriously, I thought that I could have been a ninja, like a Hopi ninja. Like I I could pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> you you would make. Um, ninja weapons out of your uh, field, field tools. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> probably cut the head off of your yoktaka to use it for, for the bow. <laughs> you know, because I, I did watch a documentary about like how, you know, um, like uh, ninjas, they, they have their farm tools and they use that as their weapons mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I could probably do that with Gwa's yoktaka. <laughs> it's gonna be epic! <laughs> I mean, I laugh, but I mean, I think that we all had those goofy dreams because I wanted to be a professional wrestler at one point in time. And I would make uh, championship belts out of cardboard, cut them up exactly like how I saw on TV or wanted to play with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I'd have my little hoop up in my mom's living room and I'd be playing there. But um, and so, you know, I, I think that that's great, Sima, that, that you have those dreams. And I certainly hope that you accomplish it, because I think that for for sure, like a, a native veterinarian is something that are is very scarce that there aren't a whole lot of folks out there like them and hopefully you know by the time that you do get into undergrad that there will be that U of A will get their ish together and have their veterinary school because they are the yeah. ones that are supposed to uh, have that veterinary school down in Tucson. But I, I guess, you know, before we run out of time, because I think we are getting close to time, but I definitely wanted to get your perspective on some things kind of a little bit more related to the reservation. I definitely wanted to ask you, what do you think and what do you think that your generation now thinks of things like the Hopi language? Is that something that you aspire to learn? What do you know so far? And and is it something that you hope that stays with us uh, when we get into the future? Yeah, um, I think that's a big part of our um, culture. And um, I want to learn more about it, too. But um, but like what I think people think about it, like like the people my age think about um, um, the culture right now. I think they don't really want to learn about it because like maybe because it's like forced on them or something. But. I feel like that most people don't think about it like in that way because like a lot of kids I um some people like I talk to they like they don't know anything about it and so like some people will know a few things here and there and some kids will know a lot of things but um some kids just don't like want to learn about it and so that 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 kind of worries me at some point but it I got to like um adhere to it like they they that's their own decision you know Mm -hmm. so 
I, I, I remember feeling that way too. I think when I was your age about the language, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're young yeah, and you know, your parents or older people, maybe your grandparents, your uncles, your tahas try to communicate to you in the language, but because you're not really that knowledgeable yet at that age that you get frustrated because you can't understand what it is that they're saying sometimes. And sometimes in your head, you're just thinking, just talk to me in English so I can know what it is that you're saying. And, you know, I think that that's kind of um, a situational thing when it comes to our languages, because then, you know, I, I think that for those of us, people like Carl and myself, that we're fortunate enough to have our relatives communicate to us in Hopi, but I definitely remember feeling that type of frustration when I was that age. And, you know, I think that, you know, going back to what you were talking about with, you know, how much you like farming, how much you like ranching. I think that you are definitely the exception because Carl has talked a lot about how he hated being down in the field when he was your age. And I remember kind of feeling that same way too, because you're down there, it's hot. Yeah. You'd rather be inside with the air condition and with the TV and, and watching your favorite shows, but definitely being down there at an early age, like all three of us have experienced that it creates at least a foundation for you to continue to doing it for the rest of your life. Because being your age, I remember I hated it so much too, just like mm -hmm. Carl. But I was down there because like every other Hopi boy, I was afraid of my dad. I was afraid <laughs> of my uncles that, you know, if I talked back to them or if I refused to go down, I was afraid of what they would say or do to me. And so I was down there. But now being a man in my 30s, having a family having a wife and children knowing that they need corn to be able to uh -huh. do certain things in their life that thank God I had that foundation set up when I was your age. And so now it's easier for me to go down because I understand what needs to be done and uh, how to do it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So a, a question to you, Suima, is that do you think the Hopi culture and the Hopi language will be around in your generation when you reach maybe 30 or 40 years old? Yeah, yeah, I um I still think that I I, I believe that um if um people like me want to still learn about it and I believe it'll still be there. And um I I think that um people just um just need to get a little bit more like experienced or like uh maybe something can wake them or or something like so they can understand better. Mm. Oh, that actually is a good perspective view on it. It's like, you know, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying is that there are there are younger generation, even younger than you, that don't understand Hopi, but are trying to kind of fit into the Hopi world. Yeah. And I believe that you probably understand Hopi, right? You understand yeah. the, the concept of how Hopi life should be. And when when you think about it, is that younger generation still has that mentality of thinking into the future of like, yeah, this is what we need to do in order to preserve our culture and to preserve our language. So Sema, you got a lot of pressure on you because uh, Carl wants there to be a McDonald's here by, uh, by the time he's 50 years old. Yeah, so that exactly. he can, he can, can uh, fast forward his car off the cliff when he's already, probably already <laughs> has bad cholesterol and bad heart problems already. Got to introduce those uh, McDonald's French fries into uh, grease into his veins. Yeah, exactly. And I believe that it's almost time for us to leave here in the studio. So Sima, is there anything else you'd like to say to our audience uh, or share, share with us before we, uh, before we go? Um, I like to say thank you to Carl and J-Man. And I also like to tell you guys, um, 
um, that that to like if there's any young listeners out there to like never give up on their school like their school's always gonna be there to help you in the future and I feel that like if Carl and J-Man can do it um, any anybody else can do it like Carl's just sitting in the basement playing video <laughs> games but he still accomplished it <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Wise words from a wise boy here. So definitely Slayman, we'd like to thank you, give you a big guac qua for yeah. joining us here. We'd like to thank you for all your support for those of you that can't see, obviously, because Carl and I are the only ones that can see this, but Slayman's wearing his Carl and J Man Save the World podcast t-shirt. And I imagine if you wanted to pursue it someday, that you could also become a podcaster and carry the torch after Carl and I uh do do go on to do other things. But uh, we'll we'll see if something like that happens. But definitely like to thank all the listeners out there for joining us again this week. Like to give you all a reminder that if you are not following us on any of our social medias because our Instagram is about 250 followers away from a full thousand. Wow. I think that if Carl and I were prettier, then we'd probably be up to at least 15,000 followers <laughs> exactly. by now. But unfortunately, you know, we do have the faces that we do. So if you guys want to feel sorry for us and throw us a bone, follow us on our Instagram at Carl and J-Man and you can find our Facebook and Twitter also at Carl and J-Man. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to like and hit that subscribe button. I think that we're about 97,000 97, <laughs> or probably even more away from our 100,000 goal. And so it's been a very busy summer. And I think yeah. that I posted this on our Facebook quite a while ago that, you know, we kind of aren't producing the extra content that we were before, but you know, it's just, it's, it's a hopey summer. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. And so, you know, we're really busy with that. And is there anything else that you'd like to share, Carl? For All right. So if you want to become a donor, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast to become a monthly contributor or th our 30 pack contributor. Or if you want to donate a dollar or more, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast to donate $1 or more. Or if you just want to support us in any way, give us a shout out at uh, J uh, Carl and J Man, or what is it? CJ Podcast 85 at gmail.com. Yeah, that's our email. So, well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J Man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J Man. So long. Quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs>